What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Frenzy podcast. My name is Benjamin Petalero. It is week four. I'm here, as always, with my very special co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Mastro Marino. Boys, how we doing? Yeah, Thursday night games are interesting. Have a lot going on in the NFL this week, so. We do. We do. Yeah, Tyler? Me and Rob are 3-0, and oh, so we're quite happy right now. Listen. Rob sounds disappointed. Listen, I don't want to hear it. We made fun of Ben last episode. So. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. We already went over that. We're on to we're on to Cincinnati. Come on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, lots to talk about this week. Um, right off the bat, we have our first COVID impacted game. Um, well, kind of two impacted games. One of them's been postponed. Um, but Rob, I know we said you're going to go ahead and jump into that. So, what do you got? Yeah, so the Titans obviously tested positive like right after the game with the Vikings, um, and they, we weren't sure. Rumors were going to be that it was going to be played Monday night instead of Sunday to give the teams an extra day of practice because they haven't been able to get to their facilities yet. And then it was rumored to even be Tuesday. However, this morning, uh, I think three Titans players and staff, I think one player, two staff, or something like that, is either two or three, um, tested positive still, or, or new players um, had come to the light with testing positive. So they have officially canceled that game, and it is now a bye week for the Titans and Steelers because the Steelers have played the Titans. I think no word on the Vikings yet. Um, it didn't seem like they had a lot of people test. They had like no one test positive right away. Um, they just the fact that they played the Titans last week, obviously, it could spread pretty easily. So still watching that one. However, yeah. and I don't think it's official yet, but Matthew Berry did say that it's leaning towards changing the bye weeks around because it is only two teams affected as of now and they had remotely similar bye weeks so they're going to play week seven um because that was the steelers original bye week and the titans originally had week eight um but now they're going to move the ravens versus the titans to week eight which was supposed to be originally week seven um and then it all works out essentially that way so it's just a little bit earlier in bye week so that's going to affect any of your steelers and titans players if you have those players you're probably already aware of this but they are officially projected zero now um, originally it said postponed, but they still have projections. Yeah. So now we don't have to worry about what a Tuesday night game is because technically fantasy scores go official Monday night. Um, you obviously win your games Monday night. No one was really sure how Tuesday night was going to affect it and all the waivers. So we don't have to worry about that now, at least this week. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously, you know, the NFL took the right approach with this. Obviously, the you know, the biggest priority is the health and safety of the players and staff and Everybody, you don't want anyone bringing that home. Um, as far as fantasy implications go, I think you kind of spoke to this already, Rob, but, you know, big names like Derrick Henry, James Conner, Juju, um, you know, there were a lot of questions leading up to them actually, you know, postponing the game. We had a – Rob, you brought up a rule that we were going to implement in our league. I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I saw it on Twitter. So this was back, um, obviously, yesterday – when there hadn't been more tests, but they weren't sure if it was going to be Monday, Tuesday, or postponed. So obviously the Thursday night game is on right now as we're recording. We're watching it now. Uh, I know someone in our league who had James Conner and his best, basically, a person on the bench to fill in that flex spot that James Conner was currently sitting in as a potential postponed player was Jerry Judy. Now, obviously, if the COVID cases didn't come out this morning, and obviously we're still waiting on answers from the NFL maybe into tomorrow, you then you start Jerry Judy on Thursday, and then if the game does go on on Tuesday, you just miss James Conner's points. And obviously, we didn't want to do that because that's kind of unfair. Uh, so at least it seems like everyone's okay with this going forward. You start the player that's potentially postponed. This is like if it's still potentially postponed. You start them, 
you say on Thursday, this is the this player will be my backup if this game doesn't go on, because obviously it's too late to then move them into the slot because the game would have already happened. You say, this player is now my postponed player or whatever. And then uh, your league manager goes in and manually updates it on Monday um, night and puts those points into your starting lineup points, essentially, because you can't do it. So that was what we talked about, and I saw it on Twitter, and I thought it was a good rule. Um, so yeah, that's something to think about going forward. If the games actually are this postponed, not postponed, postponed, not postponed, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what, you know, what, where the exposure came from. Um, I don't even know if they released that information. Um, but obviously it's good that, you know, they jumped right on that and took care of it. Um, and I think as of right now, nothing's happening with the Vikings and Texans game, right? That's still obviously. Yeah, I think they, they're still wait. I think they need another negative from all the Vikings players. Obviously, yeah. the Texans are fine, but I think they just need like one more negative um, from those t- uh, whatever Vikings players, and then that game will be fine. I don't think that game's gonna be effective. But one thing to note, maybe fantasy wise, if you do have a Vikings player, just know that they are practicing like a day less as of now. They ha- they aren't they still aren't allowed back in their facilities. Mm-hmm. So like it could be like uh, Justin Jefferson was a big waiver pickup as we mentioned last episode. Yeah, he obviously doesn't get the practice with Thiel- uh, Thielen and. Um, Kirk Cousins another week, so who knows how that's going to shake out and stuff like that. Texans are a good defense as well, so basically Texans have more planning time than the Vikings do. As of now. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, Tyler, I know we did our um, we did our waiver video earlier in the week, but you know, for people like for people that have the Derrick Henrys or the James Connors or you know Juju, then people who can't you know, who can't, don't have a good substitute on their bench. Is there anyone on the waivers now that could be a good person to slot in, do you think? There are a couple really deep guys that I like, and one of them's actually in the Thursday night game because, to be honest, with all the injuries and these COVID issues, there are not a lot of guys available right now. I know. And for me, I am desperate to start running backs. I'm looking anywhere. I'm looking clear backup running backs that I'm going to start a few guys to name some guys like Adrian Peterson, Latavius Murray. Uh, for me, if any of the Patriots running backs are available, I'm taking a chance on them because I know they're playing the chiefs, but they like to run the ball against the chiefs. And it's anybody's guess who the next patch running back is going to be. Um, exactly. An extra, I guess Detroit's kind of the same way as well, where I know, Karen Johnson can get in the game here and there, get a goal line carry, which is important. But there's not a lot of running backs I feel super strong about, just a lot of guys that you have to take a chance on, and most of them are backups. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, you know, unfortunately that might be the theme is this, excuse me, the theme of the season. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't have another COVID missed game like this, but I will say there's there's one benefit, and it's something I think I point out only because it's like personally affects me and my team with the Derrick Henry. So I had Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and they had the same bye week, and those are obviously two stud top ten running backs. (laughs) Um, This bye week being pushed up for Derrick Henry early actually now negates that. So now they're not on the same bye week, which is just very nice there. So it further (laughs) spreads apart the bye weeks. So if you want to take one positive out of it, now your bye weeks, if you do have um, someone on these two teams, are now a little bit more spread out from other teams. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point there. Um, 
definitely a problem that you try to, you know, avoid at the draft. Obviously, sometimes it's unavoidable. Um, so that I guess that worked out yeah. in your favor. Yeah. Um, now I kind of want to finally lose, then it doesn't work out. But yeah, true. Um, now we'll kind of jump into the week four games. Obviously, Thursday night football going on right now, like Rob said. Um, Broncos in New York facing the Jets at MetLife, um, 10 to 10, about to go into halftime. Um, no boat this week. No. No boat. Brett, Rob, you're not happy about it. I don't think Tyler or I are happy about it. <laughs> no, the world's not ready for boat yet. True. The world so, yeah, is ready for Jerry Judy, though. He disrespected the uh, DB for the Jets on that touchdown. And I think Melvin Gordon just got a touchdown. Actually, we're giving the score recap. So it's actually now like 17-10, 16-10, 17-10, whatever. I don't want to assume an extra point. And I think those are about the only two guys I would hope would crack the starting lineups of any fantasy team. But Jerry no Judy, fan, a little but... more of a stretch. Yeah, no fan as well, sorry. No, Melvin don't Gordon, give Rob satisfaction. A very good matchup this week for Melvin Gordon. So if this turns out to be a score, which it is, it just got reviewed and now it's confirmed a touchdown so he's looking to add on to a good day yeah definitely so we'll keep um the extra point was good but we'll keep um updating this game as we go first game on sunday we'll dive into new orleans saints going to detroit to take on the lions at one o'clock um rob i guess you can go ahead and start digging into this game yeah i mean I don't know what to make of the Lions yet. They've looked really good at times, and they've looked really bad. Obviously, all you can think about is that week one drop that would have now put them 2-1 and one instead of 1-2, and two, and maybe we're having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But one thing Tyler did note is AP did break out last week as somehow the clear number one in terms of rushing attempts between him, Carrion, and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift did get uh, more involved in the passing game. So if you did draft him on a like a hope and a prayer... Um, just to hope that he took over the starting job as I did, and maybe in one of my leagues, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop him yet. He's still getting quite involved in the passing, and obviously AP is quite old. So in a in a legacy league like ours, or that would if you want to call it legacy or dynasty league, he's still a potential keeper as of now. Um, but I think I honestly think even if we're not looking at those deep guys that we're talking about COVID, uh, just AP was a good pickup if you do have them. And the Saints, they gave up. They're giving up a lot of points. <laughs> I mean, they're one and two for a reason. Yeah. They're scoring a lot, and they're giving up a lot of points. So AP might not actually be a bad start um, if you're looking deeper down into like the flex spot here, especially if you had like a James Conner or a Derrick Henry. Yeah, definitely. And then we'll kind of shift back to the Saints. I don't think – is Michael – Michael Thomas is returning this week, is he? I don't think so. He's, he he's practiced. planning on it. He wants yeah. to. He practiced on a limited basis today. I know that, but mm-hmm. I don't think they've actually said he's returning this week. Same as questionable, um, which I think under the new – Injury stuff basically means they're playing. Questionable is like essentially playing and doubtful is out. <laughs> yeah, they just because they shrunk down that injury list. But I mean, who knows? It could be a last minute complication or something. Yeah. I mean, even yeah, if Mike, I was going to say, I'll go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, Michael Thomas is one of those guys who is not going to want to sit out a game if he's no. even got a shot at playing. I think he's going to barter with the coaches and I think he's going to end up getting in the game. That's just my early prediction. Yeah, and obviously you're going to roll. This is a really appealing matchup um, for Alvin Kamara. Anyway, you're going to start him no matter what. He's obviously like the clear cut RB1 right now in the whole league. Um, you know, fair to say the the Lions held Kenyon Drake to a quiet week last week, but they also got shredded, shredded by Aaron Jones the week before for 168 yards and like 
two or three touchdowns, two on the ground, one through the air. Um, so you got to assume that, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to have his way in Detroit. Um, I even have um, Latavius Murray as a start this week. I think he's going to get his time out there. Um, and just, you know, given how bad the Detroit run defense is, um, you know, obviously Kamara is going to feast. And I think Latavius Murray can be started in flex territory in 10, 12 man leagues. Yeah, he got 12 attempts last week. And then obviously, like you said, a strong running back like that, um, if you want to compare him to Aaron Jones in a sense, is a possibility. One person I did stash in another in another league um, was Traquan Smith. Um, so mm-hmm. like a deeper 10 to 12 man league. Just I would if you have an extra bench spot right now, especially if you just sent someone to like IR because of all the injuries and you have that extra bench spot open up. I've just stashed Traquan Smith because if Thomas is a no go, he instantly becomes a potential flex spot flex starter. Um, had a good week last week. Uh, for what six four receptions, 42 um, yards, but overall he's just had like a better season um, and seems to be that number two. Kind of. I mean, Derek, uh, Drew Brees hasn't been able to throw the ball recently, uh, but better than Emmanuel Sanders, which is not what I thought coming into the season. So that's just someone to stash in case Michael Thomas is a no-go for this game. Ben, yeah, I'd like so to back you up with Latavius ahead, Murray there. <laughs> I think he's going to be the running back one for the Saints because Kamara is basically the wide receiver one. True. In the league in receiving <laughs> yards right now. Why not roll both of them out there? No, that's what I said, I had um, obviously Kamara's a start, no question. I had Latavius Murray as a flex start this week, um, especially given you know the loss at running back right now. Um, I was actually going to ask you about Emmanuel Sanders, though. Obviously, very quiet for him last week. Um, what are you, Tyler? Are you starting him this week, benching him, or maybe a flex spot? What are you thinking? Definitely not starting him. Avoiding a flex play if possible. I mean. Some teams are desperate, so you might start him. I think in general this game's going to be pretty high scoring, but he just hasn't been crazy involved. I know he got a touchdown on the year, but he still has not looked good. He hasn't caught up to speed with that offense. And if Michael Thomas is back, I'm not even considering starting him. I would drop him. But if Michael Thomas is out, if you're super desperate, that's the only way I would start him. Yeah, definitely. And Robbie. Yeah, I just of... like Traquan Smith's upside more. I don't know why. Maybe it's just uh, him. I'm not. I, I mean, he just look bad too. He has a few drops on top of like not being targeted that much. He just has a few drops on like that. I that looked bad when watching the game. Yeah, for sure. Now we'll kind of transition into the Chargers at the Buccaneers. Um, Tom Brady and his boys looking for their third win in a row. Um, third out of four games this year. Austin Eckler, though, I know we kind of talked about him last week. You know, he's back into his past catching form. Rob, how do you see that going this week against the Buccaneers defense? Uh, yeah, I think just overall, I think both Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler are still studs. As long as Justin Jackson stays out, I actually haven't looked at the, his availability for this game. But it says status active, but I don't know if that just means he's out. Uh, but still, it looks like he... Yeah, it could remain to see how much work you get in week four. That's the only thing I'm nervous about is obviously Austin Eckler's a start no matter what, just because of his pass catching ability. Um, even out of the backfield, does it? And honestly, these running backs like Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, uh, a few other ones, the pass catching ones, I don't think the opponent matters too much because at the end yeah. of the day, they're going to get the receptions. Honestly, a good defense is probably better for them. They may lose their touchdown value, but they, they get so many of these dump off passes. Um, obviously, it depends on if Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert's going because. Justin Herbert seems to like Eckler a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, I think 
as long as just if Justin Jackson's playing this week, Joshua Kelly becomes a iffy start because I think the actual runs are going to be spread spread between the three. Uh, but Eckler stays stays solid because of just that pass catching ability. Yeah, for sure. And then on the um, on the Buccaneer side, Tyler Chris Godwin not playing or looking like he's not playing this week. He's listed as doubtful. I mean, I don't see him playing this week or they have the quick turnaround on a Thursday night game. I got to imagine they're going to try and just save him for week six. Um, so then that leaves Mike Evans, obviously, and Scotty Miller. Um, Mike Evans, obvious start. What about Scotty Miller, Tyler? What are you thinking with him? Scotty, I'm going to go no with Scotty Miller as well, just because I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. And Fournette's going to be out. I think they're going to try and feed Ronald Jones the ball as much. Gronk got involved last week with seven targets. So seems Tom Brady's already looking other ways other than Scotty Miller. But for now, I'm going to sit Scotty Miller, and I'm going to wait to see if Brady goes back to him. If, I'm waiting till Scotty Miller has a big game before I start him again. Yeah, it's hard. He's missing that touchdown this year. Cause, and he's kind of gone yeah. boom, bust, boom, bust. First game, 73 yards. Second game, 11 yards. Third game, 83 yards. No touchdowns on the, any of them. So without those touchdowns, he's not getting like, it's not like he's like catching 10 balls a game. He's just, he's just there as of right now. And I, I think I agree with you, Tyler. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's really all there's, you know, all there is to dig into this game. I mean, it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be a shootout. Um, I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so at all. Interesting. Okay. I, I do, but I'll, I'll hear your side first. I mean, Brady just has a way of managing games. Their offense with Chris Godwin isn't going to be as high-flying. They've looked very systematic as of right now. Chargers got a good defense. Bucks got a phenomenal run defense. And I, even though Herbert's slinging the ball a lot, I still think the Chargers' offense really flows for their running backs. Keenan Allen isn't going to get as many targets this week as he did last week. But he's him and him and Hunter Henry are the two obvious options to me, but the Bucks defense has looked really good as of late. And I think the Chargers have their defense has underperformed up until now. I just I got I got that gut feeling it's going to be a low-scoring game. Okay. Right, so okay. The Bucks so they left 34 to the Saints. Yeah. But then they held the Panthers in the Broncos to 17 and 10, but obviously the Broncos went from Driscoll to Ripon. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. It's it's hard to judge the Buccaneers now. This is a game like if the Chargers go and put up points, and Tyler, you're just completely wrong. Then I think the Buccaneers defense is just bad. But I, I really think you're right, though. I think it will be low scoring because the Chargers defense looked really good. I mean, holding Kansas City to 20 uh, to 23 only is not bad. Um, and that was an overtime. So. I don't know. This this game could I think could go either way. I think it could be ugly. Um, Herbert has looked good, but I mean it's a rookie. It's a rookie. You just don't know how a rookie's going to come into a game every uh, each week. Yeah, for sure. No, I appre- I I appreciate that point. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see see what Brady has up his sleeve. Um, anyway, now we can move into the Jaguars and the Bengals game. Um, thriller game for this one. Um, Gardner Minshew and team going out to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Um, we'll start with the we'll start with the Bengals first. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow looking pretty good in the past few weeks, um, putting up a lot of yards and touchdowns. Um, but I want to start with the wide receivers. Um, 
what do you obviously you know Tyler Boyd seems to be taking over as the the wide receiver one for this team but what are you thinking about AJ Green Rob for this week he just hasn't looked good has he like it's it's weird though so so obviously what comes to mind is that Cleveland game 13 targets only three catches but we said that won't happen again and then it didn't happen again he got five uh six targets last week for only five catches and 36 yards so hasn't found a touch hasn't found the end zone this year T. Higgins has come out as a good receiver. We t- you, uh, ben, you talked about him uh, last episode as a waiver pickup. So more competition. AJ Green is still good enough to demand that number one coverage. Jaguars defense hasn't been incredible, to say the least. Um, they, they've gone hit, hit and miss. I mean, they're just not good. They, they let up 31 points to Miami, 33 points to Tennessee, 27 to the Colts. I mean, they just haven't looked good. And that was Philip Rivers' first game for the Colts as well. So just not a good defense. So, I mean, there's – it's A.J. Green. It's weird. It's, it's so hard to tell because there is starter value there, um, and they hadn't looked good. And he at least was catching more passes, and Joe Burrow was finding him. Uh, that that Browns game, Joe Burrow was just overthrowing A.J. Green nonstop. So I think he's found – I think he's kind of dialed it in with them. But there is so many receivers there that it could they could spread the ball around a lot. Yeah, and then for the Jaguar side um... – uh, I have James Robinson as a star this week. He's played phenomenal the past few weeks. Um, and then on the wide receiver side, it looked like DJ Chark was going back to practice in a limited capacity. Um, they haven't said whether or not he'll play this week. Um, so then that kind of leaves Keelan Cole. Tyler, what are you feeling for this offense this week for starts, and who are you kind of avoiding against the Bengals? If DJ Chark plays, I'm not going to start him yet. But that's a big boost for Gardner Minshew because with DJ Chark in the lineup, Gardner Minshew has looked that much better. He's been spreading the ball out great. And he's a great streaming option and just gets a big boost with DJ Chark in the lineup. I'm definitely staying away from guys like Keelan Cole just because yeah. he's he's just he's not a proven guy. Gardner had a rough week last week. And I just I need his number one receiver back before I start anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm actually starting uh, Gardner Minshew this week in one of my other leagues. I had Big Ben. Obviously, we just talked about the Steelers going down um, and all yep. that stuff. So I actually am starting just because of what Baker Mayfield was able to do um, against this Bengals defense. Just wrote, just toasted him for 35 points and a bunch of touchdowns. And actually, it made, it made the Browns look like what the Browns offense should be, um, given all the talent. So I think with the way that Minshew's been playing this year. I mean, he has six touchdowns, 787 yards. So he's been playing. If Baker Mayfield and that Browns offense can put together, I think the Jaguars can too. Obviously, it does hurt if Chark isn't able to go. I'm under the assumption he will because he's questionable and has been practicing um, at least enough to get on the field a few times, maybe not like a full like rep that you normally would get. But I do also like LaVisca Chanel a little bit, um, not as actual starter option, just help out um, Gardner Minshew. So... I am starting Gardner Minshew this week in one of my leagues. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good take. Um, this next game, the Vikings at the Texans, I, I'm excited to dig into a little bit. I think there's a lot of moving parts in this game. Um, <clears throat> ben, real quick, before we go to the next game, can we talk about Joe Mixon's last opportunity here? Yes. Actually, that's a great Yeah. This is he's this is a great him. opportunity for him to prove that he's that he's going to do it this year. This defense has not been good against the run at all. Um, if he doesn't make it happen this week, I do not know what to tell you with Joe Mixon. No, but, you're uh, toast. That, that's you're toast. my. He plays. 
Baltimore and Indy next week. Those are going to be obviously dud weeks. You you need them to have a big week so you can at least hold on to them or try and get some trade value out of them with, with some light at the end of the tunnel. But he's got Baltimore, Indy, then Cleveland, and he already he only had 86 yards against Cleveland, which isn't good. This, this is our last hope for Joe Mixon. Everyone yeah, pray with me. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm a Joe Mixon owner, I probably would have tried to trade him last week yeah. for like yeah. – for like anything I could have got, um, I, I did. I did say though tough. that this week was coming up, though. So you, you did. If, if you are thinking about trading him, and he and you get a guy that just goes off of, uh, we, we know a few of these people. I'm not going to mention names, but go off the week before, uh, when they when they're doing their trades, then you hope for Joe Mixon, uh, great game. But you know, in the back of your head, even if he has a great game, he's still traded no matter what. You're just hoping he has a great yeah. game to bring out that value up for one week. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully this is a week you can quote unquote sell high on him, um, but it, I mean it all come down to his Sunday performance. So we'll just have to see off of that. Todd, does that suffice your itch to talk about Joe Mixon? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I want to talk about how he sucks. I got it's killing you. me. The Bengals O line is killing me. All right, all right. Next game. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the game script and play calling, but that's a different discussion. Um, yeah, so the Vikings at the Texans, like I was saying before, there's a lot of moving parts with this game and I'm not sure I want to, I think I want to start with the Vikings. Um, you know, aside from the fact of the COVID, um, worries, which doesn't seem yeah, the biggest moving part is this game even happening as of now. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's going to be any, it doesn't seem like it's going to be postponed. Um, no. Per, you know, once the COVID tests come back, I assume we'll find out more information tomorrow or definitely by Saturday. Um, looking at the offense first though, um, Dalvin cook, obviously a start if they play. Um, but I more want to talk about Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Um, obviously Justin Jefferson had a great week last week, uh, Adam Thielen average week. Um, how do you, Rob, how do you see these two working together moving forward? I mean, Adam Thielen is still the, the wide receiver one on that team, obviously, but how do you think Justin Jefferson kind of stakes his own claim moving forward? Yeah, I think there's value in both of them, which is funny to say, given that the QB is Kirk Cousins in 2020. Um, there is value there. Obviously, it's interesting to see. Uh, like, what I would think is that Adam Thielen's going to be your short route. Adam Thielen's a, in it, maybe the best route runner in the entire NFL. He's yeah. just he's so clean on those routes, so he gets he gets open on short that short yardage routes quite often. So I would expect to see him getting the the majority of the targets. Uh, he did have eight targets week one, eight targets week two, five week three. So he does get he does get a, quite a bit of targets for a wide receiver. Um, but Justin Jefferson actually got nine targets last week. Um, but seems to be more that deep threat, um, speed, speed option kind of like just not a Tyree kill, but it is a Tyree kill in a sense. The 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 long threat. I mean, he had seven catches for 175 yards. I mean, that is a long threat. Had a 71 yard touchdown as well to go along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's value in both. I did just re pick up Justin Jefferson after dropping him. Um. So that was good. A waste of my uh, fab budget. Oh, I I didn't even see that you, you I didn't even see that you dropped him. So I dropped him two weeks ago now, I guess. And oh, then okay. Picked him up right after the game last yeah. week. Um, just because I wanted him on my team, I had to drop for like a uh, not an injury, but I just needed. I think when I was picking up Miles Gaskin originally the first time, uh, I dropped him. So I re-picked him back up because I think there is value there, and I think all these rookies the second they have a breakout game, 
you watch the next week. I'm not starting him or anything like that. I'm still starting other people instead of him. Yeah. Um, but if that connection sticks there and the rookies start to connect it with their uh, their QBs, then I think there's value for both. Because, I mean, the Vikings offense should be better than what it is. Even with Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk Cousins is a game manager and, and can spread the ball around still. Um, also throw 100 picks, but still did. <laughs> He's, I mean, I you know, I've won with him in the past. He, do, he does get a ton of the fantasy points because he throws for a bunch of yards, gets a bunch of touchdowns, just has the turnover. So as a NFL QB, it's not great, but as a fantasy QB, he's pretty good and, and pretty good to his wide receivers as well. So there's value. Yeah, definitely. And on the Houston side, um, I kind of think this is going to be where they turn the ship, honestly. Um, you know, really difficult start for them. I don't know who created the schedule, but they were obviously were not. Oh, schedule. They were obviously against Texans fans or against the Texans. The Chiefs week one, Baltimore week two, and then Pittsburgh week three. Um, and, you know, the 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 worst benefactor of that, I guess, would be David Johnson, you know, especially in Baltimore and Pittsburgh, you know, two of the top run defenses in the league. Um, I just think Deshaun Watson, especially without DeAndre Hopkins this year, has had a really tough start to the year. Um, combine the skill set there with Minnesota is not the defense that it used to be by any means. Um, I think that this could be the week that they turn the ship around and, you know, get on a winning path. Last time they started 0-3, the Texans finished 11-5 and and won their division. And they got all their division games left. David Johnson has yet to have a monster game. I know he played good against KC week one, but they were kind of down and out of that game. Deshaun Watson really hasn't put together a good game either. He's got to look to bounce back. He was kind of my dark horse to win MVP this year. Obviously, that's not happening with guys like Russell Wilson and Josh Allen ahead of him. But he's got a lot of better days ahead of him. I'm expecting a lot more big games out of Sean Watson now that the yeah. games are out of the way. And then I think that they're expecting um, for David Johnson, I think they're expecting Duke Johnson back this week. Um, they're monitoring that. But I mean, usage-wise, David Johnson's been getting between 10 and 15 carries a game. Um, he does have two rushing touchdowns on the year, so, I mean, not a terrible start for him by any means um, going into week four. So I think the floodgates could really open for him this week. Again, like I said, this isn't the Vikings defense that we've known in previous years, so I think um, they're going to be able to exploit the gaps and you know play the style of football that they want to play this week. Uh, Rob, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I was just staring at their wide receivers trying to figure anything out because obviously I have Will Fuller and he's who knows if he's playing. He just he gets added to the injury sheet every week as soon as we go to record the podcast. Um, and we, someone mentioned it this morning or not this morning before we started, but I, I actually didn't realize this was their receiver core. It sounds like every single person that's ever been somewhat decent in fantasy, but also somewhat injured: Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb. I mean. <laughs> What that that is just like the epitome of potential good weeks and then potential concussion protocol in the same yeah. week. So I don't know what to make of their offense. It, it should fire I, again. The Vikings I think are the thirty first fantasy defense right now, which I know they were actually a, a defense that was drafted because they were good last year. Um, obviously that goes along with the offense being bad, but I, I I think you what you said from the start is this is this is Houston's time to turn it around. Tyler read that stat off of that was literally right in front of us for Thursday night game. That was good, good timing of that stat. Really, as soon as we started talking, it was as soon as you started talking about that game up, that stat popped up, which is perfect timing because it goes along with everything we said. This is their turnaround game, and I think the offense will turn around. And if Will Fuller's out, look, 
Brandon Cook's way, because I think he's going to have a big week. I think someone's going to have a big week on that offense with Deshaun Watson. And speaking of defenses that are not the same as they used to be, um, oh, that'll take us right into the Seahawks and Dolphins game. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick could have a good week this week. I Absolutely. think you know, at home, the Seahawks are coming to Miami. You know, Devontae Parker's healthy in the way the um, Seahawks defense is looking. I think, you know, I have Devontae Parker as a start this week. I think that <clears throat> those two could really connect and do some damage this week, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Him and Mike Kosicki as well. He's going to get involved this week. The Seahawks are going to put up a lot of points, and their defense is brutal. Fitzpatrick is a guy that, in my 10-man league, I picked up. I'm starting him over Gardner Minshew and Tom Brady. Those guys are also available on the waiver wire. I'm a Ben Roethlisberger owner, so I'm benching him. But even even at that, if Roethlisberger was playing, I might start him. might start Fitzpatrick over Roethlisberger. So I, I got high projections for him this week. Yeah, definitely. magic. Yeah, the beard. And then obviously, you know, you're rolling out Russell Wilson, DK Mech, and Tyler Lockett. Um, especially given the matchup and the way Russell Wilson's playing, he's just getting the ball anywhere and everywhere. Um, it's actually funny. I think DK Metcalf tweeted out today that Tyler Lockett was the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. And I mean, you look at his numbers, and I mean, I wouldn't say he's he's definitely underrated. Um, or the kind of production that he that he puts up. I mean, I think a lot of it's attributed to, you know, Russell Wilson, and then he gets kind of dampened by the names of, you know, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams. Um, and I think, you know, um, and I think he definitely has the, you know, he definitely has the skill and the production, but maybe the, you know, the big flash hasn't been there for him over the years. Yeah, he's never been like a big big name wide receiver. He's always been like that guy that's like that slot receiver that's just going to get you a ton of catches and move the ball, almost like an Edelman situation. I think he just gets less credit than Edelman because Edelman's had those kind of big moments and big games. Uh, so I'd, I'd put him around the Edelman. Like he's not like he's not going to go like win you a game and make those crazy catches that DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell makes. He's not going to go make those kind of catches, but he is just going to be, he's going to be there when Russell Wilson needs to dump it out or find someone. He's just kind of always open, especially last week. I mean, Geez, what a, what a week he had. I know. And then, um, so now we'll look at the Browns at the Cowboys. Um, I think we briefly spoke about this last week, but the, you know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, obviously we're both, we're rolling both of them out um, just because um, Nick Chubb's so good and Kareem Hunt's so valuable in the passing game. I think there's you know a good fantasy week to be had there out of both of them every week. Um, Odell's an obvious start, and then Jarvis Landry. We kind of talked about him last time, Tyler. I think you and I went back and forth about him. You know, he's really his production hasn't been there, and we said you could probably drop him in like ten to twelve man leagues. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would drop him. But then again, for this week, if he's available, he's a potential streamer against Dallas and only Dallas. Dallas, I mean, they're they're one of those teams that who knows if they have a good defense. Leighton Vanderesh is out. They've played fantastic offenses so far. They got absolutely shredded by the Seahawks like everyone else. 
But I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say that their defense isn't gonna be that good this year. Their passing defense specifically, they they could get torched. The two guys that I'm looking at for streaming for well, one of the streamers would be Jarvis Landry and OBJ. You're obviously starting, but even Austin Hooper, if you're desperate, mm-hmm. he might get involved in the passing game. And this is gonna be a real test for both teams. It's gonna be a test for Dallas's defense and Cleveland's offense. Cleveland's passing offense specifically because their running offense has had no problems when they're up. But they're definitely going to be playing from behind this game. They're going to be slinging the ball a lot more. Let's see what Baker Mayfield can do. I'm willing to start Jarvis Landry in a 12-man PPR flex. Yeah, definitely. And then on the Cowboys side, you know, obviously rolling out Zeke. Um, Amari Cooper, you're starting. What about Mike? What are we thinking about Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, Rob? Are they somebody you can start this week? Uh, I think so. I actually am starting CD Lamb in a in a ten man PPR league. Uh, that's again just down to I had Juju Smith Schuster in that league, so obviously he's not playing. It's just another situation with this COVID game. Uh, that's coming kind of coming to play, and I, I I have a few options, and I think I I think I went with CD Lamb. I'm, I'm between CD Lamb and then Gaskin because it is a flex play right now. Mm. Um, but. The Browns, listen to this, 38 points against the Ravens. They let up 30, uh, no, they let up 30 points to the Bengals, and then they let up 20 points to um, the football team. So Dallas is much better offense than the Bengals and the football team. Obviously not the not the Ravens, but it was week one. Not a great defense with the Browns. Um, not not amazing, not bad. But I, I think Gallup, I find, to Boomer Bust. You're obviously going to start Amari Cooper as the number one receiver on that team. Gallup. Had a good last week, an incredible last week, obviously. Um, but I just think the the value in a PPR league is with CD Lamb over Gallup because I think Gallup relies on the big play too much. Um, but obviously had a good last week. Um, but they're 50 50. Uh, so, I mean, if you're going, if I doubt that they're available on your waivers, but if you had both of them on your bench and you're trying to pick one, I prefer CD Lamb. Um, just has the upside of the rookie, and it looks like Tim and Dak are connecting even more each week. So. Yeah. That's my opinion. Obviously, Amari Cooper is the number one there, and still, still the go-to starter. Um, but if you are looking for one, I'd prefer Lamb over Gallup. But I think that's a preference thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of guy, a lot of these guys, like the rookies, you know, C.D. Lamb, Jerry, Judy, Justin Jefferson. Um, you know how you know we're now heading into week four, and you know maybe the first three weeks were kind of like their quote-unquote preseason. Um, you know, they've had three weeks to kind of get acclimated, get used to the playbook, get used to their quarterbacks, get used to the feel of the NFL. Um, I mean, even so with Justin Jefferson last week, I was going to say, I think we'll start to see some of these players blossom, um, you know, now we're, that we're heading into week four and they have some time under their belt. So I'll be interested to see how these guys do this week for sure. Um, obviously, Jerry Judy looking all right with that big catch so far. Um, Next game I want to talk about, though, Cardinals at the Panthers. I want to start with the Cardinals because I think this could be a game where Kenyon Drake could finally, you know, arrive for the season. I was, <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously, the Panthers' defense, again, is not what it used to be. Um, you know, one of the worst against the run this year. Kenyon Drake had a very quiet start to the year so far. Definitely not delivering on the draft capital that was used to get him. Um I was one of those people that drafted him, and I recently traded him. Um, but I think this could be the week that he rips it apart. That or Kyler Murray is just going to 
run all around the Panthers, which would be perfectly fine with me. Yeah, I th- I, th- I kind of agree. I'm kind of I was trying to look at the rankings because uh, I just wanted to see where um, Carolina had fit in the rankings, but I can't really see their yeah their bottom half the 21st. Uh, it look it looked look bad because I'm looking at their stats right now. They've only allowed 124 yards, uh, rush yards allowed, but that actually ranks pretty low. I don't know if that's like weekly on average. I don't know what it is, but still they rank lower. They just look weird st- sticking there. But no, I do I do agree with you. Obviously, you did trade Kenyon Drake um, after after that last week. That he had, and you know, when you tweet it out, you have to follow it up strong. You just didn't. Um, but no, I, I, I do think this is a comeback week for him. Um, yeah, and then you have Mike Davis another week. Uh, and just good, for, good week for him, just for a disclaimer, I did receive Ezekiel Elliott back in the trade. In case yes. anyone's wondering, which I'm yeah, very, very excited about. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, one thing, don't... one more thing I want to see from Kenyon Drake too is a little more involvement in the passing game. He's getting a yes. crazy amount of touches when they're up, but he's so far this year he's had two, two and one for receptions. And for a starting running back on an offense that's that good, he needs to get more involved in the passing game. Well, I think Carolina that's largely. One. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm all, I'm all done. I was just gonna say I think that's largely in part to the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is there taking a lot of the short passes, um, and then Kyler Murray using his legs is definitely hurting Kenyon Drake's gameplay in this season. So, yeah, again, I think, like def- I think said- the Kyler Murray legs, I think you, you touched on it there, is the biggest part yeah. of that. Because when Kyler, like, obviously we're talking about these bad QBs love that dump off. Kyler Murray, instead of dumping it one yard to Kenyon Drake, is going to use Kenyon Drake as a lead blocker, run it himself, and try to make someone miss. And I think that's yeah. where, he, because I was going to say Chase Edmonds isn't even really taken it because he only has three catches, three catches, and two catches. So it's not, they just don't throw to the running back very often. So I don't know if that's a Kenyon Drake thing or if that's a Kyler Murray just runs at any time that kind of opportunity. And they have like four wide receivers that are decent. So they have to then throw it short. There's the wide receivers open. Yes. And then on the Panthers side, obviously Christian McCaffrey's still out. Mike Davis, um, you're going to roll him out this week just given the. The matchup, I mean, the Cardinals defense has been terrible, not great. Um, but with the way that the Panthers run their offense, you obviously want to get Mike Davis out there. Um, DJ Moore, I have as a start as well. He's been fairly productive this year. Obviously, the wide receiver one and Teddy Bridgewater likes throwing to him. Um, outside of that, I don't think I can start Curtis Samuel. I have him as a sit this week. Um, he kind of took some of the rushing work too, but you know, obviously he's not taking work away from Mike Davis and he's not taking receiving work away from DJ Moore. So I'll have, I'll definitely have, uh, excuse me, have him as a sit this week. Yeah. Tyler, I don't know if you Robbie, have any input on that. Robbie Anderson is a guy that I'm looking to start this week. He had a mm-hmm. little bit of a down week last week, but I think the Chargers got a really good defense. They got a good secondary. They're good all around. And Robbie Anderson can stretch the field really well. Uh, I don't know who he's going to draw coverage from, from cornerbacks. But I think regardless, this is going to be, there's going to be a lot of open field for the wide receivers. And I think Robbie Anderson's definitely a flex start for me, more over Curtis Samuel. And he could have another boom game here. I mean, we're talking about, we're, we're talking about him like he's nothing. He's wide receiver eight on the season right now. Yep. I mean, he had 114 yards in touchdown week one. With on six catches. Then he had nine catches for 109 yards week two. Obviously slumped last week, but I think that is due to the Chargers actually having a defense this year. 
and keeping the game close. Um, so he just didn't get involved uh, as much. But I don't know. Do you? I, I. I. Obviously, DJ Moore is that number one guy. But like, it seems that Bridgewater likes Robbie Anderson more. I don't know if I'd even consider starting him over DJ Moore if I had both. Um, I know someone in our league actually has both, and I think started both last week. Um, but. Not a week I'd start both of them if I had both, but I don't know. If yeah. we, uh, before we go, do you, would you go DJ Moore or would you go Robbie Anderson? Ooh, I think I'm going Robbie Anderson just for more upside. Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore has think, similar targets. Yeah, yeah I was going to say um, Robbie Anderson definitely has the better opportunity for the long touchdown. Um, but DJ Moore is such a reliable wide receiver. Um, I guess given the matchup, I'll probably take Robbie Anderson, um, just, again, given the upside and the big play opportunity. Um, he's going to get looks either way. Um, so I guess I will, and I will give a, I guess what we should have said is whoever Patrick Peterson covers will go with the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point. That's a good that's point, a good too. Point. I, I, I imagine DJ Moore is going to take that coverage because he is the number one guy, but Robbie Anderson – is has been a number one guy in the past at the in the Jets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know who Patrick Peterson will want to cover. Um, but just go with the other guy. If you if you could figure it out ahead of time, go with the other guy because they actually are yeah. almost identical for targets on the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we'll kind of look at the Colts at the Bears. Um, I want to start with the Bears. Very excited that Nick Foles is. is going to be the starting quarterback. Um, a lot of people say they feel bad for Mitch Trubisky. Um, I kind of don't. I don't know why. Maybe I maybe guys just I've just <laughs> never had a. That you're, yeah, yeah. You have one of the wide receivers that has not been good. On yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm not a Bears fan. I don't know exactly what went down. I mean, I watched the game on Red Zone, but I mean, I'm like, I've been saying it all year. Mitchell Trubisky, especially in the beginning of Week One, I was not. I was like, what is this dude doing? I mean, he picked it up from there, but then obviously Nick Foles came in last week, and I've been praying for Nick Foles to come in, and it finally happened. Um, so yes, I'm now in Robinson owner, and I'm. I think you know he's going to be a huge benefactor from Nick Foles playing. I think Nick Foles is going to make the offense tighter. Um, you know, obviously Tara Co- or Terry Cohen's out, so David Montgomery is going to be the guy as if he already wasn't. Um, I just think this offense clicks into a new gear under Nick Foles, and I'm excited to see what will happen this weekend. Yeah, I'm, and the I'm week definitely coming. excited too about the offense. I think everyone's jumping ship a little bit, talking like Nick Foles is going to go back to Super Bowl form with these guys. <laughs> right now for Allen Robinson, I mean, it's a boost for sure. Yeah. Better than Trubisky, without a doubt. But Nick Foles, he... He orchestrated the comeback, but he didn't look fantastic. He was forcing the ball everywhere. He could have had a few more picks. And I'm not fully sold on this offense, especially against this Colts defense. I say that now that I'm not sold on that offense. But if Nick Foles comes out and they settle for two, they lose the game 20 to six with no touchdowns. I won't blame it on Foles because I think that Colts defense. Yeah, has been really good. I know this is coming off a Jets game that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the Vikings game before that, but still, I I was gonna agree with that Tyler. I wasn't, I wasn't gonna slate the Bears at all. I think Nick Foles will eventually get the form again. It was his first game for the Bears, uh. So I, I, it, good. You take the good and the bad in that one and just kind of move on. And this is an interesting one because I think this Colts defense is good. They haven't really played anyone good yet, but they've looked good. So I don't know. I mean, it's always tough when you have like three easy games. 
easier game to start off with. Is the defense good or is it just who you played? Um, but either way, I'm not loving like really anyone in this game. I mean, obviously there are some starts like a Jonathan Taylor you're not going to sit. Uh, Alan Robinson you're going to start anyways. Um, David Montgomery I'm starting as well, even though I think he's going to have a lot more value after after these games. So if you yeah. can trade for him right after the Colts game, if he has a bad game, I think you should go out and try and trade for him. Yep. Because I, th- I just think this can be a low-scoring defensive battle. Uh, and that obviously doesn't lead to good fantasy, regardless of how many pl- like good players are involved. Yeah. Now we'll kind of we'll look at the Ravens going to Washington to take on the football team. Um, obviously, Lamar Jackson and company coming off a loss last week at Kansas City, which surprised at least Rob and I. I don't know what your pick was for the game, Tyler. Well, I bet on the Chiefs. Easy money. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, it's hard Lamar to Jackson, that this pressing game. After the game, Lamar Jackson said that Mahomes and the Chiefs were his kryptonite. It certainly seems like that because Mahomes is 3-0 and against them. Um, but I think moving forward, obviously, you know, you're going to roll out Lamar Jackson. Um, I want to talk about the running game, though. Um, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. You know, the Washington, um, the Washington defense has not been horrible against the run this year, so I might be slightly hesitant to start. Mark Ingram this week. Um, obviously, you're not going to start J.K. or Gus Edwards. Um, I think the pass catchers are going to be the way to go this week. Uh, Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. Rob, I don't know what you think about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, like you said, the football the football team defense isn't amazing. Uh, 34 points against Cleveland, 30 against Arizona, 17 against Philadelphia. Not great. Uh, Not great, like but they've been they've been fairly stout against the run so far. Yeah, in my I mean, opinion. This has 125 points um, per uh, points rushing yards allowed per game on average, but I think they got shelled one week. So I don't again. They I mean they did they didn't look great against the running, but that was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, a two headed monster. That's a little better than Ingram and uh, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. So uh, I I mean I would be hesitant on Ingram. I'm not a huge Ingram fan as it is. Anyways, he only had seven rushes last week for 30 yards. Again, they did go down early to uh, KC. But even before that, he only had nine rushes. If he doesn't get a touchdown, he only had 55 yards. And then before that, he only had 29 yards against the Browns. I mean, he hasn't looked amazing uh, any week. And obviously, J.K. is still the backup and, and isn't really being utilized in the run at all. I think he's, he has nine attempts or ten attempts on the season running. So, again, not starting them. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not looking at Mark Ingram this week just because the, the football team defense rush running the ball is good enough. And he hasn't looked amazing just by himself as a whole. Yeah, and I'll I'll even back you guys up even further right now. It's right now the spread is at fourteen points, which means the experts are predicting the Ravens to win by at least fourteen. And when they do that, they love to give Gus Edwards and even J.K. Dobbins a couple carries here. And that backfield has been so unpredictable. It's it's probably good because it's been throwing teams off, but they could get out to an early lead. And that still doesn't bode well for Mark Ingram because they could just throw in Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins every single drive. And I don't have a good feel for this game, and I would hope not to start anybody. But then again, yep. if you're one of those guys that has an injured running back, has somebody that's got a postponed delay for the games, you can take a shot on one of these running backs if you're in a deep 12-man league. 
Yeah, definitely. What, I would agree with you there. Sorry. Yeah, what about the running back on the side? Antonio Gibson. Uh, I was down on him last week. I didn't. I wasn't sure what we were going to get from him. He did get a touchdown, but again, he's only nine attempts for 49 yards. He hasn't broke. He His biggest game this, this year is 55 yards. Uh, J.D. M- M- McKissick kind of stepped in a little bit, had a few touch, took a few touches away from him. Um, Gibson still looks like the, the starter, obviously, but not really excited to start him if I had to uh, either. Obviously, the Washington football team is not the best offense around. Uh, no. They've they've looked better than I think people thought with Dontrell Inman and Terry McLaurin, but they haven't really been amazing. Uh, so I don't know if I'd even look at Tony Gibson's this way uh, this week either, because they're going to go down early to the Ravens, as Tyler already mentioned, with all the spread and all that stuff. Um, the Ravens yeah. are probably going to be dominating the, most of this game, so Washington football team. Yeah, for I me... mean, for me, that makes me happy as a Terry McLaurin owner, just because I assume Haskins is going to be slinging the ball around when they're down 21 after the first quarter. <laughs> so... Yeah. For me, I feel like Gibson's going to be a very matchup-dependent guy for the future. He's definitely he's going to be a flex starter, obviously, maybe even push RB2 when he plays lower-end teams. But he's going to be a touchdown-dependent guy, I think. And against a team like Baltimore that they could get destroyed by, he needs a touchdown to save his day, and I don't think he's getting it this game. Yes, I would agree with you. Um now we'll look at the Giants going out to L.A. to take on the Rams. Um, obviously, the Giants without Saquon. Last week, no one really stood out. Um, I think it's going to be Devonta Freeman's backfield moving forward once he gets used to the offense and the playbook and um, back in his groove. Um, I just don't think it's going to be there for Gallman. Deion Lewis has not looked great. So... I, I'm not saying I'm starting any of them this week. I'm sitting them all this week until Devonta Freeman can show he's used to the team and the playbook and can show us something. Um, are you, Rob, are you starting anyone on the Giants this week? Besides, and Not unless someone holds a gun to my head and says you have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Darius Slayton could get some. I mean, he's not even that good like this year. He had that first week, obviously popped off and has done absolutely nothing since. Um, has total of six catches for 86 yards in the last two games combined. So, no, I mean, Darius Slayton's the only one, maybe. Uh, Evan Ingram, Tyler shreds on him every week, so we know where he stands on that. Not not He's really not looking good this week. not on anymore, so we're Yeah, good. so, so there's that. And then, obviously, this is another situation where the Rams are the far better team, and anytime you have the far better team running backs, you just got to stay away from um, just because they're going to be down a lot. I think Devontae Freeman has a better week than last week. He obviously was already the like the lead rusher last week with like five attempts. Um I don't think yeah, he had the most rushers last week. Um with five attempts. So that should tell you what it is. The lead rusher last week had five attempts. So stay away from the Giants. Yeah. With everything in your body. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd, I'd rather take a shot on one of the Patriots backs that you have no idea about than anybody on the Giants. Yeah. And then for the Rams, um Daryl Henderson, obviously, is the guy right now. He looked great last week. Um, unsure if Cam Akers is coming back this week, but I still think even when he comes back, he's not going to immediately take the role from Henderson if he even does it all. Um, yeah, not playing this week um, as of five hours ago. Well, okay. McVay said he doesn't expect him to play this week as of five, yeah, like, I, as of five I hours ago. I assumed not, but I was yeah. – I kind of want to look at it from both angles anyway, but Malcolm obviously – you know, not someone I'm starting, especially if Akers does end up playing this week. Um, I just think Daryl Henderson's looked too good, um, and the the Rams know that, given where they drafted him. 
Um, obviously, you're going to roll out Cooper Cup. Um, anyone else, Rob, on this Rams offense that you're going to start this week? Uh, again, I think that they're just going to dominate the Giants. So uh, one of those situations where I like to start as many people as possible. But I'm, yeah. I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm starting like Van Jefferson or Josh Reynolds. Um, but Robert Woods is, I think, a start as well, just because they're just going to – I think this is like a Rams come, – come, they lost last week in tough fashion, brought the game all the way back just to lose on a penalty call. That was the right call, but it was a tough one to call in that situation. So I think they're just going to go and just go to town on the the Giants here. And so I'm starting Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, even maybe Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff, and depending on what your quarterback situation is, especially if you like Big Ben, go pick him up because I think this is a week that he – I think he's just going to go to town on the Giants. Yep. Definitely tell Higby as well. Higby. Yeah, I always forget about yeah, the tight ends, but Higby as well. <laughs> um, but that's like a start every week almost just because of Goff and tight ends. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And right now, I'm looking at a couple guys that I'm deciding between to start right now. I got three guys. I got Higby, I got Gesicki, and I got... Who, who's the last one? Give me a sec. I mean, between those I'm two... Drawing... I know you between like Gesicki this week. Two. I know you like Gesicki this week because of the matchup. But again, it almost is the same matchup and situation and a more proven... Well, I'd say more proven. Higby's had just that one game where he popped off. But I don't know, because Gerald Everett is there, and they do spread the ball around us that little bit. Yeah, but I'm obviously oh, taking the, the third guy was uh, third guy was TJ Hawkinson as well. Okay. okay. Which I'm not sure. I still think TJ Hawkinson might be third on the list, but... Maybe we, we come back to that question after we talk about TJ Hawkinson and the Lions. Yeah. That is a tough start. If you, if you can get any of those three... I don't. I don't know. It's a flip of the coin, almost. But I, I think I'm leaning coin. towards Gasicki, but yeah, like you said, it could could be they all have great days and they all finish within a point of each other. Yep. Now we'll talk about our hometown game, the Patriots. Well, not at home. They're going out to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Um, this is always an exciting game, especially now that Patrick Mahomes is here. Um, I was watching another what was I I was watching or reading an article today and they were talking about who the biggest threat to the Chiefs would be this year and my mind kind of went in two different directions um first if I was like wow I'm weird I'm not used to people not asking that about the Patriots like obviously times have changed and now the Chiefs are that team and then secondly there was a debate you know, I still think the Patriots are in it. They're definitely contenders. You know, Cam Newton's playing well. The team is playing well, despite, you know, Tom Brady moving on and the losses on the defensive side with opt-outs and injuries and whatever. Um, I still think the Patriots can be the contenders. Obviously, you know, the Bills look really good, but I don't think Josh Allen has that experience. And, you know, we're kind I, of I getting... think that's going to come down to who wins, who wins the AFC East. Because that's going to yeah. have the better matchup. Because whoever does it with the AFC is probably going to have to play the Chiefs in the AFC semifinals or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it's going to go. And but if the Patriots can win their division, then they become the clear number two. Because I think I think both the Chiefs and the after watching what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens looked like last week, I mean I guess it's against the Chiefs, the best team probably in the league with the Seahawks. But I mean I, I could easily see it being like. AFC East, whoever has to, whoever wins the AFC East makes it to the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. As of now, I mean, Steelers are still in there as well, but. Yeah, for sure. And anyway, as far as this game, um, 
We'll start with the Patriots. Cam Newton, obviously, you know, you got to start him with the way he's playing um, and the way he's rushing. Julian Edelman, you have to start him based off volume. What about the backfield, Tyler? What do you – James White reported back to practice today, which yeah. is obviously not good for Rex Burkhead. Um, so I what are you doing with this backfield? Damian Harris is starting to come back to practice as well. I don't feel great about this backfield. I know I've talked about them a lot already, but you can definitely take a shot even on Sony Michelle, JJ Taylor, James White's going to get involved. Rex Burkhead had a touchdown game last week. I think that's the best you're getting out of him without a doubt. Ooh, timeout. I just watched Noah Fant die. Yep, carted off the field. Uh, he had a bit, he was, put together a little bit of a week here to miss the touchdown, but he put together enough. Of I was just to gonna say he's having a lot of production today too, and then mm-hmm. he just got carted off the field. Anyway, sorry, okay, Tyler. Go ahead. That's all right. Back to that. James White is a huge addition. We haven't really seen him get going with Cam Newton, and this is gonna be a test for both teams. Really, it's gonna be a test for the Chiefs defense and the Patriots offense, and I think we're in for another great Pats Chiefs game. It's gonna be a close game. Last game was 27 to 20, and I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring than that. I think Chiefs are really going to push push the ball, try and push up the score, and I think Cam Newton's going to be able to keep up with them. Pats are going to be trying to do the opposite, running out the clock. They will feed Julian Elliman, though, and they will feed Nkeela Harry. And I, Pats wide receivers should be good. Pats running backs, two of them could have big days. I just don't know which two. <laughs> I don't think anyone does except Bill. No, and keep it and keep in mind that Kansas City yeah. Chiefs are the twenty seventh um ranked run defense as well this year so far. So that is I mean, so it could be another so Sony Michelle had a great week last week, so I could see the Pats completely going away from that and going someone else. No, uh maybe he tries to build off of that because he hasn't put together two weeks, I don't think, that are good in a row in a Patriots uniform. Um so I don't know. I I think Tyler's right with you don't know where it's going, but also it'd be a good it'd be a good week to start a Patriots running back if you're ever if there's ever a week to do that. Um this is a good week to do it, but I I don't think I can definitively say who's gonna be that guy to start. You look like a genius if you pick the guy that gets three touchdowns. It's all yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is no one. Um yep. and then looking at the Chiefs briefly, um obviously Patrick Mahomes are gonna roll out. Clyde Edwards Hilaire's obviously a good start this week. Um, you know, the Patriots have somewhat of a sound defense. Um, again, like I said, missing some key players this year, but they still have the McCord, uh, the McCordy twins. Um, still have Stefan Gilmore, among others. Um, and given that Clyde became finally, you know, pretty heavily involved in the pass attack last week, I think, you know, there's a good opportunity for him to put up a solid fantasy day. Um, as far as the wide receivers, obviously Tyreek Hill, you need to play. Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, I want to talk about. And then Demarcus Robinson, I'm probably benching. But Rob, what about those two other guys? Are you starting either one of them? Patriots have a decent pass defense. Not top 10, but just outside the top 10. Obviously yeah. spearheaded by the guys you had already mentioned. Uh, better or worse run defense, so I could see Clyde Edwards hilaire I... I just never the Sammy so obviously Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman. I think I actually like more now uh, the Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins obviously put together the big 
week one. Everyone picked him up. He had, he didn't had a horrible week two, and then came back with seven catches and eight sixty two yards last week, which is obviously a good week. Um, the Mark Trumps only uh, not the Mark Trumps. We don't we're not talking about him. McCall Hardman had four receptions, six uh, on six targets for eighty one yards and a touchdown. So had the better week. It's back and forth each week with these guys. Patriots are going to find a way to team up. Uh, I don't know. It's a chief offense, so if you're between people I, and you have like one of the either Hardman or Watkins, and then like someone maybe on a worse team, I'm starting one of these guys. But I couldn't say for sure who's going to be the guy this week between the two of them. I I feel very strongly about this. I feel that I am 100% would start uh, Nicole Hardman over Sammy Watkins without a doubt, without hesitation. I like it more. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. without and Gilmore has covered Sammy Watkins in the past, the reigning defensive player of the year. He hasn't got off to a great year, but the past secondary is much better than they've played so far, especially Gilmore. And he's they've kind of both gotten each under each other's skins in the past, and Sammy Watkins has just kind of been shadowed by him. Bill likes to try and slow down Tyreek with by double covering him and just lining up Gilmore and completely shutting down Sammy Watkins and. That's just not a favorable matchup for Sammy Watkins, and I am not even thinking about starting him, even in a 16-team league where you have five wide receivers. I am absolutely benching Sammy Watkins. Yep. Now we look at the Bills um, and the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders had a nice 2-0 start that was interrupted last week by our hometown team. Um, Bills looking great. Josh Allen specifically having a fantastic year. Um, we'll start with the Bills. Josh Allen, you're obviously playing. Um, Rob, who else are you starting in this offense? I'm Why starting just... to get really mad because I have the Broncos defense spe- slash special teams, and they almost returned a punt for a touchdown and got tackled by the kicker or the punter, not the kicker. That would be nice. Oh. He got missed the block on the punter. Sorry, I just got really frustrated because that's obviously huge points if they return that. Um, but the Patriots looked good against the Raiders last week. So, and obviously Josh Allen has been firing the ball 1,038 yards already with 10 touchdowns, only one interception. I am, I am loving this Bills offense just in general, and then loving him even more against um, a Raiders defense that led up 36 of the Patriots, 24 to the. Uh, Saints and 30 against the Panthers. So I am getting ahead and starting as much as I can on this Buffalo Bills offense, specifically Stephon Diggs. And then, I don't know, Cole Beasley seems to be the one that, that benefits more um, when they start throwing the ball around a lot. Had six receptions for 100 yards last week. Doesn't get the end zone as much as uh, maybe John Brown does, but John Brown also doesn't receive the targets that Cole Beasley does. But so I'm, I think I think I'm going digs, and then if you need to start a flex, Colt Beasley might be good this week because I just don't trust that Raiders defense at all. Yep, yeah, and then for the Raiders, um, you know Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, you're rolling out Darren Waller. Um, comfortable to roll him out, even though he had a quiet week last week. Tyler, any other thoughts on that offense? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Darren Waller is due to have a bounce back week. The Pats obviously just game planned him out. But Hunter Renfro got involved a little bit. I don't yep. think I'm willing to start him quite yet, but definitely a stash if you're looking for another wide receiver, especially in PPR. Outside of that, hopefully Josh Jacobs also has a bounce back game. I mean, he's obviously he's an RB1. You're not worried about him. 
But I guess the big guy that I'm keeping an eye on is Hunter Renfro. Yep. Especially with all these injuries, I think Ruggs is still out. Didn't practice Wednesday. Brian Edwards didn't practice Wednesday. Did Zay, jo- Zay Jones played, but that's Zay Jones. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was is Nelson Aguilar drops the ball. Actually, looks a lot better this year, but still, still not a great. So with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards being out, I think Renfro's potential opportunity to start. I mean, the Bills' defense is known to be pretty good, but they haven't looked. Uh, their best this year. Uh, so I don't know. I, I like. I think I, I'm leaning more and more hard to Redford than Tyler is. But either way, I think we kind of look at him as a guy that I'd pick up because, especially the longer these injuries go to this um, Vegas team, which is weird to say Vegas, but yeah. Now we'll look at the Eagles going out to play the 49ers. Um, we'll start with the Eagles first. Um, Miles Sanders going up against the 49ers front this week, who still looked decent. Um, you know, their defense has still performed well without Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas. Um, Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Tyler, how are you feeling about them this week? I'm feeling pretty good about Ertz. Goddard is not going to play this week. And to me, they have uh, Jalen Ragor just got put on the IR for the Eagles. So I don't know who the number one receiver is going to be. Maybe it's Greg Ward, but obviously the guy that's going to lead the pass catchers is going to be Zach Ertz. <sighs> the 49ers, Nick Mullins has looked good. He can move the ball. They can put some points up, which means the Eagles are going to have to score. It's a very tough defense, but with, with the Goddard... Best defense. Yeah, yeah, with with the Goddard injury, though, you're firing up Zach Ertz. You can't miss out on it if he has a big week and he's Hopefully he'll find the end zone a couple of times. I'm hesitating here and there because I want to like him a lot more than I do, but it's just a bad matchup this week. Yeah, and then, Rob, for the 49ers backfield, um, what are you thinking this week? Um, I don't is, – is Moster coming back this week? Isn't taking part in practice uh, Thursday's practice, so probably not. Yeah, he so hasn't probably played not. even a little bit. And even then it would be limited – um, for me, I think the and biggest beneficiary is McKinnon still McKinnon. Yeah. And then Jeff Wilson behind him. Um, I'm not starting Jeff Wilson this week. McKinnon, you could probably fly if you need to, if you're missing out on Derek Henry or Dalvin cook this week. Um, but I think, you know, they both had similar production or similar touches last week. I assume it'll be the same this week and it'll be hard to tell who is going to be the main benefactor. So, yeah, I mean, it's a Philadelphia I... team that actually, for all everything bad that's gone on with them this year, a a, a pretty decent top ten run defense, um, and then a top ten actually pass defense as well. So it's a it's a good Philadelphia defense. I don't love either of them enough to start either of them. I I know McKinnon was one of my uh, pickup guys two weeks ago, um, but I actually was very shocked that Jeff Wilson Jr. was getting involved. They actually split almost everything, receptions and rushing. Um, so mm-hmm. they they use them as the same kind of player. Uh, Wilson has the ups- is younger, so maybe they look at that as maybe just get Wilson more involved. Uh, not enough, uh, not enough in between to get. I'd rather start Juicek, but that's just me. <laughs> that <was the> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious to see who they play in a close game because it was against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Is this even going to be a just, close game though? Thirty-six to nine. Yeah, this this one might not be close either, but I'm definitely I'm waiting to see before I drop Wilson. 
I'm waiting to see if he gets involved when they play a good team. Mm-hmm. Now we'll look at the last game of the week, Monday Night Football. Falcons going to play at Lambeau, take on the Packers. Um, we'll start points. with the Falcons. That's what I'm saying is points. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this will be a high-scoring high game. Start high-scoring as many teams, people think, right? in this game as you can. Um, Calvin Ridley, though, did not practice today. Ankle injury, I believe, or ankle something. I don't, I don't want to say injury because I don't want it to be an injury. Um, they don't play till Monday, so an extra day to recover. Hopefully, we'll see him out there, but we'll keep you updated on Twitter with that injury. Julio Jones, I think, will be coming back this week. Um, obviously, you're going to roll him out as Julio Jones. Russell Gage, probably not a start if Julio and Ridley end up playing. Um, Hayden Hurst, you're going to roll out there. Um, for the Packers, Alan Lazard, look, not going to be playing. Um, core injury, yeah, might yeah. be needing surgery, which will take him out um, for an extended period of time. But how about the Lock backfield? Obviously, practice still. So I don't yes. even know. But like we said, the high-scoring game. But if Devonta Adams and Alan Lazard are out, does that just mean Mark Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling is a must-start? Just because Start we MBS. assume the Packers are going to score? Uh, yeah. Start MVS is what we're right, saying. I agree with you. Yeah, um, I think you then, have to because we just said how high scoring it's going to be, but then the, he's literally the only wide receiver left. The other two that I see here, Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard, have caught a total of what Malik Taylor. Oh, that's Marcus Valdesan. I think Malik Taylor has zero catches. Um, and then Darius Shepard has uh, one target for zero catches. The, so the I, tight ends as well. I forget. I totally forget their names. I'm drawing a blank. Are there, I Mercedes like Lewis had one guys. catch. Last week, um, oh, Tanyan, Tanyan, that's big that's Bobby Tanya. He did, he did, he did break yeah. out last week for five catches, fifty yards. Yep, he, yep, he could be another guy that finds the end zone. And I think, I think Devonte Adams has a better chance of playing than Julio Jones this week. But yeah. I'm, I'm definitely earing on the side of caution because it's a Monday night game. Definitely, if you're an owner of those guys, put them in your flex spot. That way, you can swap them out for a wide receiver, running back, tight end, whatever you need to. And you can change it last minute. But if you're an owner of those guys and MVS is available as a free agent, you have to pick them up immediately. Regardless of whether you have Julio or Devontae Adams, make sure MVS is on your bench this week because it is the Monday night game. You're not going to have any other options at that point. So if you do keep them in your flex, you have literally no other option. Um, You're going to have to start either them or MVS. So I'd make make sure to have one of those. And I guess if it is a flex spot, you can grab Robert Tanyan. If it really comes down to that, but then you're hurt, you're, yeah. you're putting yourself at a huge risk if that's that's your yeah. flex start. Mm-hmm. Go down from Julio Jones or Devontae Adams to Robert Tanyan. <laughs> Not a good trade. None of us would have known if I didn't just like we didn't look up his name, but then I didn't look up his name right here. <laughs> but I had a good last week, so I mean, if if he does get five catches for fifty yards and a touchdown again two weeks in a row, it's a good flex start. Mm-hmm. All right, so that pretty much wraps up our game previews starts it's for this week um tyler is going to take us through actually tyler i'll let you introduce your own segment all right boys this is tyler's gambling segment we are (laughs) not hot on the year right now i'm laughing as i'm saying this but that just means we're due boys we're due that's what i'm going to call this segment the boys are due yeah all right so this week i got a few picks for everyone I got Cardinals minus three. They're playing the Panthers. The Panthers are down Christian McCaffrey. 
Cardinals are got to be looking to bounce back against the line. I can talk myself into any bet, but the Cardinals are the clear favorite for me. I'm shocked the spread isn't a little more. On that them. is uh, minus three is not a lot on them. Yeah, that's actually yep. crazy. And my next pick is going to be the Jags plus three. Gardner Minshew has looked very good. I think he's going to be able to outplay Joe Burrow. Jags are a better. I th- I want to say they're a slightly better built team and. I'm shocked that they're the underdogs in this, so I'm taking them plus three. The game's definitely going to be close, but I got a good feeling about the Jags. And another pick I got is the Pats, plus six and a half. Pats play the Chiefs so well. Belichick has Andy Reid's number. I know they lost last year to him, but that was on a bad call by the refs where they called Keel Harry out of bounds for a touchdown when he was completely inbounds and the game should have went OT. So I think the plus six and a half for the Pats is an easy one. And yeah, they even say they're going to win, just only lose by three even. A field yeah, goal or yeah. something. Exactly. Plus six and a half means if they lose by six points, you win the bet. And my lock of the week is going to be the Seahawks at minus six and a half. This is definitely going to be a high-scoring game, but the Seahawks are going to be able to absolutely beat up the Dolphins. It's the Miami Dolphins versus the Seahawks. If I told you this game was happening... Earlier in the season, you would have thought the spread was 23 and 14 and a half. Yeah, 14, yeah, not actually 14, 15, 16. Russell Wilson, he could have another five touchdown game easily if he wants to, but the Seahawks could run out the clock as well. I got a really good feeling about this game, and then I got a parlay for everyone heavy favorites. We're parlaying the Ravens money line, money line, Seahawks money line, and Rams money line. Those are all heavy favorite heavy favorites. I think the closest game for me is going to be the Bucks and Chiefs, but when it comes down to it, Brady be able to beat Justin Herbert, no matter how well the Chargers defense plays. I think the Bucks got this one, and that is it. We're last week, boys. We are all right. Due. So thank fade you. all those picks. <laughs> thank you, fade if you want. Mastro. I'm due. Thank you, Mr. Master Marino, for your expertise in this matter. Um, we will post those on our Twitter as well so you all can see them. Um, but that wraps up our content for this episode. Um, we want to thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. Um, feel free to check us out on our Twitter and on our Instagram and check out other other YouTube channels. Rob will have all those links below. Um, and again, we want to thank you so much. We love doing this for you guys, and we're going to continue to do this. Um, until next time, we will see you soon. Peace out, fellas.
people smoking CO2, CBC, dancing on the people climb up.